0: morning, preaching Jesus' name this morning, to have thoroughly enjoyed the service thus far. Does anybody know where the easel is? We thought it was up in the room here, and I had Ryland look for it. There's a different padlock on the mini barn, so I cannot get in. I don't know if it's in the mini barn or not or who has the key for the mini barn, but we might have to just make do with what I have. I was digging through some of my files and I came across a subject that I believe I had talked about here on a Wednesday evening topic. And I believe it was probably my very first topic that I ever had. And I think I'd be asking a lot of you, if you remember what that topic was, because not all of you were here at that time. Some of you were. Does anybody remember it? Okay, I did do the tabernacle. I think it was right before that. That was a good guess, though. I think it was just one time, one of those months I got lucky, I only had to do it one time. Well, um, the topic this morning. I hope that stays. Can you see it over there? You found it. Well, bring it up. Rainbow. God's covenant with man. Also, most of you know um, that the rainbow became the theme for Christy and I and the journey that we had together. It wasn't like we specifically asked God for a rainbow, but as God showed himself, it was at some of those times when we just needed a little more strength to keep moving on. God was faithful and the rainbow is special. And it's special in different ways. And I want to look at some of those different ways this morning. I believe it was near the last week that Christy was here that there was a prayer meeting. And I had it off. And the conditions were very favorable for a rainbow. So I texted her. I said, I believe if you were." aware of it or alert I think you might see a rainbow tonight little did I know that Danella also had texted her and said there is a rainbow and there's a rainbow over you tonight and I have a picture of that rainbow and this is a little chat book that I put together of the last two years uh, of Christy's life that she did through Instagram and uh, pulled the pictures and the captions that she had, so I'll lay that in the back of church after church if you want to take a look at that, you can, but that um, you'll find multiple different rainbows in there that were at different times. That rainbow became very special to her that one that that night, and that is also the picture that is etched in the headstone there at the cemetery. When does a rainbow usually shine? It's usually after a storm, right? Sometimes there are storms that come into our lives and we need those rainbows. There are those angry storm clouds that roll across the plains, they pack some punch, and as the storm moves in, I love storms. Adrenaline starts rushing, get things put away, Used to be, well it still is, sometimes get the curtain shut in the barn as fast as you can without getting soaked. And then it's as the storm moves through, there's that calm that comes after the sun starts to shine and you can see the rainbow. Not always, but sometimes you have that opportunity. But you usually do not find a rainbow on a clear sunny day. Unless you happen to be fooling around in the yard, the garden hose spraying some water. You can see a little bit of a rainbow, but it's not the rainbow that's in the cloud. That picture of that rainbow there is also special. That was given to us two weeks exactly to the day that Christy passed away. And I think it's neat how it's exactly centered over our farm. And what's unique about that rainbow, too, is that it's to the west. Most rainbows are to the east, because that's the direction that the sun shines. So this was a morning rainbow. And as I remember, the sun was barely shining. It wasn't like it was full-blown bright sunshine. But somehow that sun was hitting that cloud just right to give a rainbow. And then the verse that is in there was Christie's theme verse. And the Lord, He is that doth go before thee; He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. For not fear not, neither be dismayed. Deuteronomy one So God's token to man, the rainbow. Have you ever considered? the rainbow and its shape. Why is it shaped like that? It points toward heaven. It's not upside down, pointing toward earth. So in a way I like to say that it points to God. To God in heaven. It's as if God said, I'm going to hang my bow in the cloud. I'm not going to use it again to destroy the whole earth by a flood. But there's other, other methods of destruction that, that can come that won't be by water, but will be by fire. The rainbow has been around for a long time, ever since the flood, so probably 4,000 plus years or so. The rainbow is first mentioned in Genesis chapter 9. If you would like to turn to Genesis chapter 9. Begin reading at verse 8. Genesis 9 verse 8. And God spake unto Noah and to his sons with him, saying, and I, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you and with every living creature that is with you of the, fowl of the fowl of the cattle and of every beast of the earth, with you from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. And I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off anymore by the water of a flood. Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said... This is that token of a covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for a perpetual generation. I do set my bow in the cloud and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that that bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant which I be, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh and the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud and I will look upon it and I may, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, this is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. God establishing a perpetual covenant. A covenant that is going to continue from generation to generation. It has been there the previous generations and it's going to continue on as long as time stands. There are three rainbows that the Bible does speak of. We have the one here in Genesis. That's not, I'm not counting that one. So before, but there's one in Ezekiel. Chapter 1, verse 28, Ezekiel sees the vision of God. He says, like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. God's glory was like a rainbow, as as Ezekiel had, had that vision. Also in Revelation 4, when John was on the island of Patmos, He saw a rainbow around the throne that appeared like an emerald. Also in Revelation 10.1, John seen the vision of an angel coming down out of heaven clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was on its head, and its face was like the sun, and its feet like pillars of fire. So there a rainbow was on the head of an angel. It is a sight to behold. Seeing the rainbow it is part of God's creation. As each of the seven colors composing that bow stand out in individually, the color, yet each of them merge together next to each other. I found it interesting that with our limited eyesight, that... We, we only see the seven colors of the rainbow, which is red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and indigo, and violet. They claimed if we would have another level of eyesight that there would be a lot more colors to that rainbow. I'm taking science, scientists at their word. But I do wonder, is there anybody here this morning that's colorblind that would like to admit it? Well, I find it interesting that I didn't, I never knew, knew of anybody, but my feed nutritionist told me that he was looking at some feed one time and he mentioned that uh, it looked a little off color to him. And I said, well, it's fine to me. it looks fine to me. It was just the difference in the shade because of the moisture in it. And then he told me, he said, I'm colorblind. I thought, well, that's kind of weird. Well, if you were colorblind, I don't know how well you can see this. You know what, I'll just let you pass it back through. One looks a little prettier than the other. It's pretty obvious to see which one it is. God made us with cones in our eyes and we have three of them and if they're functioning and working properly properly then we can be able to compute the different colors that are around us now if you're colorblind one of those cones is not working properly and you're not getting the information correct and therefore you usually lack the color red not always but there's I think it's at like 4% of the population that estimates that are colorblind. And it's generally the men. This rainbow is a sermon in nature telling us that God will never ever break His word. But it tells us far more than that what is the message of the rainbow. But before I go any further on that, There's a negative side to this message that I'd like to point to and I just found out not real long ago about this. Today there's a group of people who are using the rainbow to symbolize a movement that is called gay pride. And I think you know what I mean by that. They're taking many different letters of the alphabet And attaching it to it, when it should be only two letters. It's disturbing. It's repulsive. But they're using the rainbow. But long long before this came about, the true meaning of the rainbow was established by God. And it was His token of His grace toward man being a sinner. At one point in human history, the wickedness of mankind was so great. You can find that in Genesis 6.5. And God's heart was so grieved by it. You can find that in Genesis 6.6. That He judged the world in righteousness through a worldwide flood. In Genesis 7.23. Because of the humility and the reverence toward God, Noah was spared. Him and his family... And God directed him to build what we consider the ark that saved him and his family and many animals. Obviously, before the flood, there was a mist that watered the earth, so it had never rained. At that time, the flood would have been the very first time that it rained and producing a rainbow ever since. And God made a covenant with Noah and with you and me with that rainbow as a token of that never flood, that will never flood the earth again. So when we use the rainbow as a symbol for the gay pride, it's as if we're spitting in God's hand of mercy. Both pride and homosexual are sinful. Turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Verse 26, Paul wrote about this. Read Romans 1, 26 through verse 32. For this cause God gave them unto a vile affection, for every, for even their women did change the nature, the natural use into which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemingly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meant. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobated mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debates, deceit, malignant, To be proud of one's homosexuality is sin on top of sin. Then we use God's token as a rainbow of mercy. It's almost like compiling a threefold sin on top of each other, which is terrifying. While there will never be another global flood, there will be a more severe judgment. And that judgment is coming. Matthew talks about, as in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. So as was before the flood, they were eating and they were drinking and they were given to marriage until the until the day that Noah went into the ark. And they did not know that the flood was coming and they took them away. Do you see a similarity here between the days of Noah? In Acts 17.31, the Word of God says, He hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man Jesus whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. The judgment is deserved by all of us. We're all guilty. Romans 3.23, we all have sinned and we have all come short of the glory of God. Whether we're homosexual or not, we all have committed sin. It's God and His righteousness. He is going to have to judge sin. And that judgment ends with eternity away from Him (coughs) and hell forever. That means that God has a big problem with sin. But because God is loving and He's merciful and He's kind, He has provided a way for all sinners who will humble themselves and confess and forsake their sin to be saved from that eternal punishment through His Son. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin that He might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Jesus took that punishment we deserved. And he defeated death, went to the grave, and rose again. He is alive. And because of that, Christ has fulfilled that sacrifice and made that plan of pardoning for us that we can have fellowship with him. Our It's like our slate is clean. Just as Noah was saved from God's righteous judgment of sin in the ark, we can be saved from God's coming judgment of sin by being washed in the blood of Jesus. Also, as we look at these individuals that are promoting the gay pride, we need to have a heart of compassion. They are a soul and they need Jesus. They are our mission field. It is Satan that has been, that has them deceived and has them bought into his lie. As much as I would like to hold back and not talk or touch the subject, we need to be preachers of righteousness just like Noah was. I was in Aldi's this past week and I noticed a girl I couldn't help but notice her appearance, all tattooed. But on her shirt, she had a rainbow. And, it, and in it, it said, Love Wins. Judging by her appearance, I think the rainbow probably had a different meaning. This could be an opportunity to talk to someone about the rainbow. Whether or not they're open about it, we need wisdom, and I believe we need the Spirit of God to direct us in that. Now switching gears, I'd like to look at four points of what the rainbow, or meaning behind the rainbow. First point I have is, do we see the power of God in the rainbow? You know, power is something that man loves to feel, loves to get a hold of. But when we compare it to God's power, is it any match? No. It's good for us to be reminded of the power and the sovereignty of God. The rainbow reminds us of that. For who made it? It's very obviously God did. God talks about it being a reminder to Him as well. I don't know if you caught that in those verses. God seeing the rainbow says, I will remember that covenant that I made with you. Does God need to be reminded? I don't believe He does. But I believe it shows the heart of God. The rainbow is a perfectly natural phenomenon which is produced by the refracting of rays of light from drops of water which are falling from the cloud. God is part of that nature, that refracting of the light. I was hoping to see a rainbow last night. sun was starting to shine, and it was raining, but there must not have been enough rain or not enough sunshine, because... It didn't happen. But sometimes, depending on your location, you can see a rainbow. God is in control of all nature and He produces the bow in the cloud. When we see the bow, it tells us what God is like. He is great. He is powerful. Psalms 19.1. The heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament showeth his handiwork. How great he is, and how small man is, in contrast. In Isaiah, also Isaiah 40, verse 22. It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. And then verse 26 as well. Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things that bringeth out their hosts by number, who calleth them all by name, by the greatness of his might. For that he is strong in power, not one faileth. God is the one that is in control. He knows everything, He knows the name. I believe there he may even be referring to the stars. But those things that are up high, God has created. Point number two Do we see the perfection of God in the rainbow? The perfection of God's handiwork declares to us the perfection of his character. The rainbow is not only flawless, but it is indescribable, beautiful, majestic in splendor. And if God's handiwork is so perfect, what is God like? Habakkuk 1 verse 13 Pure eyes than to behold evil and canst not look on the iniquity. Wherefore lookest thou upon them that dwell, that deal treacherously and holdest thy tongue when the wicked devoureth the man that is more righteous than he? God in his perfection, he is perfect in purity. His character even speaks of Being perfect. Psalms 145. Verse 3 through verse 12. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy work to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Perfect in his character. Back in Psalms 27, Verse four. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Speaking of His perfection is in His beauty and His lovingness. Our God is not only powerful, He is perfect. He is unerring in His wisdom. He is loving. He is just, He's holy, He's righteous, He's gracious, He's full of tender compassion for me and for you. Point number three, the rainbow shows the promise of God. There in Genesis 9, we learn that God gave a guarantee, covenant, that He would never again flood the whole earth it was a visible token that God gave and he would fulfill his promises it was like a signature of his covenant that he made with himself and to earth and to man how good it should remind us that God will never break his word Matthew twenty-four thirty-five: heaven and earth shall pass away but my words shall not pass away In other words, God, when He says what He says He's going to do, it will happen. He will fulfill every promise. Every promise that is in this book will be fulfilled. There will be a judgment at some point in time, and God will judge those who are lost, that have no part with Him, and those who are right can have their lives washed with the blood of a lamb There will be a separation of the sheep from the goats. So just as in the days of Noah, so the day of grace could well be closing, coming to a close soon. I don't know when, but we still have that day of grace. Noah was a preacher and I believe that he spent or he went about his work preaching those 120 years while he was building that boat. Understanding that it had never rained before, so it probably looked foolish to his audience. But Noah didn't waver. Noah may have looked like a foolish person, but he was steadfast in his preaching. He was a preacher of righteousness. And he was steadfast, unmovable. Are we standing on the promises of God? The challenge that I want to, to think about. Point number four, the rainbow shows the purpose of God. God's purpose is twofold, judgment and grace. rainbow speaks to us of grace and is set in the cloud, which the cloud speaks of judgment. All the way through human history, these two have been placed side by side. And the rainbow and the cloud speak of grace and judgment. Throughout the Bible, we can read of God's condemnation of man's sin, that cloud. But always side by side with that, we read of His love for the sinner and His His day of deliverance, the rainbow. God must punish sin, for He is a holy God. He cannot tolerate sin. He is righteous, but yet He loves the sinner, and he longs for their salvation. We see the goodness and the severity of God. the rainbow and the cloud, Romans 1122. Behold. Therefore, the goodness and the severity of God on them which fell, severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. To the believer, there is a rainbow in every cloud. For the sinner, there is a cloud of God's wrath resting upon him. But in the cloud, there is that rainbow, and the promise of full and free salvation. And you can find that in John 3, verse 36. What do we see as we look up? The blackness of the cloud, of our sin, of God's judgment upon it? Or can we see God's rainbow of mercy and love and the full salvation shining against that dark background of the cloud? And can you hear Him say to you? And I'd like to close with reading Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, beginning reading at verse 6. Seek ye the Lord... While while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts." For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it to bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the things whereto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace, The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, instead of the briar shall come up the myrrh tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Where do you find it? Are you standing on the promises of God? Shall we kneel for prayer?